Well, good morning to everyone again. And uh, on this special day, we've delayed it two weeks. And, and as you know, we uh, survived a couple Sundays of snow. And, and this past week, we survived the, the cold. And uh, today, we're going to be near 50. <laughs> What's tomorrow bring? We don't know. But uh, thank the Lord for the sunshine and, and uh, the melting temperatures today. Again, this is uh, something that I prepared uh, for two weeks ago, so I'm going to be referring to the month of January on the 20th. And on this day, the third Sunday of January, churches continue to recognize a Sanctity of Life Sunday. And many of us know the history of Sanctity of Life in January of 1984, President Ronald Reagan issued a proclamation designating the third Sunday as the first National Sanctity of Human Life Day. And going back further, as we did to 1973, I remember it well. I was a senior in high school. I remember the U.S. Supreme Court legalizing abortion in all 50 states. And Lakeview and churches all around the United States, will use this day to celebrate God's gift to life and to commemorate the many lives lost to abortion and to commit themselves to protecting human life at every stage. And today we stand firm in our belief in human life. Lori and all the participants this morning, we thank you for that presentation. <clears throat> when Sue and I came here a little over six years ago, um, we had only been here a couple months. And uh, when our church celebrated this moment, this day, I was very overtaken. And many of you this morning were also <clears throat> but we recognize the importance of preserving human life today. And year after year, despite all the laws that take place, the changes of laws in each of the states, there's going to be people and lives that are affected. But we praise the Lord for the church of Jesus Christ, don't we? I want to share from Scripture this morning, first off from Genesis Two, seven. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Each one of our lives is worthy. Each one of our lives, its worth comes from the breath of God. It comes from his spirit. God chose to give us mysterious and the miraculous gift of life and to value life as he does. And also from scripture, we've already seen it this morning from Psalm 139, 13 through 16. I'll read this again. For you form my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am Fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book, in your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Each one of us should have respect for ourselves as the Maker has for us. His Spirit is ready and willing to work through us. And also from Scripture, Psalm 127, 3. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb. They're a reward. Children are born into this universe, and they are the opportunity to shape our future. God values each life. Also from Scripture, I've chosen Job 12, 10. In his hands is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Here again, he gives each one of us life. And from Jeremiah 1, 4 through 5. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Friends, we have a divine appointment. Why we are here. God thought about you. He planned for you well before you were conceived. And he has value and purpose in mind for you. And he thought of each one of us before we were conceived. We believe that human beings are created by God's image. Therefore, every person from conception to natural death, we all possess inherent dignity and immeasurable worth, including preborn children, all elderly individuals, those with special needs, and others who are marginalized by society. As Christians, we are called to defend, protect, and value all human life. In the Bible, human life is established as sacred in Genesis 1.27. To be created in the likeness of God means that each human bears his human image and with it a value beyond our unique characteristics and individual attributes. Nothing else is God, in God's created order has the distinction of reflecting his image and its privileged status reserved on all mankind. Yes, there is a bit of mystery about the human race. God made us in his image. It isn't anything that we can see. It isn't anything that we can taste. It isn't anything that we can feel. Yet it establishes our own very significance and our worth at the highest level. Already shared this morning in uh, Psalm 139, 14, as we read earlier, the psalmist says, We are fearfully and wonderfully made. In the miracle of life, in the womb, to the body's ability to regenerate cells and tissue for healing, we see God's amazing fingerprint 
at work. That is a mystery. Humans are breathtaking creatures embodying a touch of the Creator Himself and reflected in the wonderful human life that He has given us. If you have ever held a baby in your hands or in your arms, it's obvious. You see something beautifully and wonderfully made. Ask any first-time parent, or in my case, a grandparent. Sue and I have prayed for the arrival of our first grandchild, for his development. We prayed for his parents and for all the hopes and dreams that he will one day fulfill and that he will know and experience the fullness of God throughout all his days. And all of us as parents, as grandparents, great-grandparents, if we're a caregiver or a foster parent, we have this inborn need to care for our family, young and old, and to look out for and to provide the needs of others. From Ephesians 2:10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we shall walk in him. As shared here, Paul says that he is so powerful what he did. He created work in us, and God prepared in advance for the work he has for us to do. We are God's workmanship. We are a work of art. And from Psalms 119, 73, your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. How many times have we heard these commandments? How many times have we heard, love your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul, and love your neighbor as you love yourself? That is God's design for us. God's design is for us to prosper. And finding also in the word from Psalm 103, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pastor. God is our creator. He will not... We do not create ourselves. God created us and gives us what we have. We will want to give to others as God has given to us. Have you ever asked yourself, are you available to serve the Lord? Have you truly asked yourself, am I available to others? Do we just come here to worship God? Do we come here to be a blessing to others? I hope we do. You can find worth in every human life. And another scripture, Genesis fifty twenty. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. 
God can overrule any evil. In 1973, when abortion was legalized in all 50 states, I can't imagine what God thought about the human race at that time. Any bad situation can be overcome with good. And I know that God looks into each individual and says, I want to give you life. I want to give your entire life. And for generations to come, I want to give you life. And that life is secured by living with God. God is the giver of life, and he wants to live each one of us to live a good life. We have several battles that are going on right now throughout all 50 states. Sue and I had a chance to have some time away uh, these last two, two weeks, and we had a chance to just kind of reflect on where we are, what we're doing, and kind of just sit back and, and look what's going on in the world. I don't get a chance to watch a lot of news. I, I uh, wish I did, and sometimes I don't wish that I had that time, but in the last couple of weeks, we have seen so much going on in the legislatures throughout the states. We look at two weeks ago when New York State passed a law, and they said that an abortion can take place any time during gestation time. We look at Virginia this last week. And abortion can take place right after the birth of the child. And God also makes it good. And looking at Alabama two weeks ago, that a conceived human life in the womb is a human. Praise God. And just last week, Iowa, the same thing. A conceived life is a human life, and it deserves dignity and respect. Contrary to our cultural message, messages, our value isn't determined by our ethnicity, race, or gender, nor by age, ability, or location. It is our divine membership in the human family that sets us apart as sacred. Each one of us are sacred. God gives us the gift of life, the ability to have relationships, and the special gift of guardianship and also protection. Men and women and children, including the preborn children in the womb, should be respected regardless of their mental capacity, physical ability, or social position. Some people may not exhibit attributes of God or behave in ways that recognize their own value, yet their intrinsic human life still merits value and worth. We are created by God and worthy of his glory 
And we are worthy to be a part of his family, not the decision of someone else. The concept of human dignity comes from the sanctity of human life, since humans are made in the image, God's image. We hold a distinctive status that sets us apart. Human dignity is bestowed upon us by God. It is not based on our ability to care for ourselves or competence to complete the task. Dignity is not a concept that can be given away or forfeited. So being dependent on others can cannot cause us to lose our dignity. And our failure to recognize and to honor human dignity is apparent in phrases like quality of life. Dependency is viewed in our society as an ultimate weakness, and as a result, some people may feel they are a burden to their family and to others. And we must be able to provide a compassionate response to those who are disabled or face terminal illness, and for those who are living alone as shut-ins. We have the ability to help restore human dignity through our witness of caring for each other, especially in times of dependence and need. The sanctity ethic reminds us that God is ultimately sovereign and in control of the affairs of our lives, including the frailty and the infirmity. And I feel that we're all in agreement at that. He is always in control. He is in control of our lives. And God needs you and me to care for the human race. Amen? Amen. You know, some folks that are dear to my heart are shut-ins and are caregivers here at Lakeview. Many of you know that I like to visit people. Sue gets a chance to go with me quite often. I love to send cards. I like to write notes. I also like to journal. In December, I was asked to write a blog for the website, and I worked on it. And I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do with it. But Sue and I had a chance most of November and December to see many of our shut-ins. Did you know we have over 35 shut-ins here at the church? I know that many of them are not able to be with us every Sunday or not be able to be here as much as they'd like to be. But at this time, I'd like to share what I wrote in this blog and it was titled, Who Needs a Visit? As many in our congregation grow in age, many will eventually find it harder to come to church and to join in the activities that we offer. Some have physical limitations of mobility, and others have, are no longer to drive themselves to church. These are the golden age members, our older seniors. These are the ones who have served before us, and they are the saints here at Lakeview. We currently have nearly 35 who are not able to be with us on a regular basis. The pastoral staff tries to visit every month. 
Family members and friends try to keep in contact with them. Life tends to limit visits sometimes, and unintentionally someone seldom gets a visit or a phone call for some time period. We are the church here at Lakeview, all of us. And to someone not able to come each week or not at all, we are the link to the body of Christ. We are called to be shepherds of the flock, to watch over our members and to share the love of Christ with them. Making a connection with our seniors may improve their quality of life. Time is something that we all have, and sometimes to help fill a void, whether they are going through depression or feelings of isolation or loneliness, they may feel this every day of their lives. Socialization also improves memory and communication skills and brain health in our seniors. Taking time to connect with our shut-ins makes them feel valued and a part of the church when they are not able to come on a regular basis. When visiting, what would you say to them? Simply ask, how are you doing? Ask them about their past involvement in the church. What ministries were you a part of? Be an encourager to help keep their spirits up. Pray with them and pray for their family. Share your story, a testimony on how God is using you. This experience is a win for both the visitor and the shut-in. There are many times when Sue and I leave, we have been ministered to. One in particular She's not able to communicate very well. But after we pray with her, she prays for us. God's still living in her. As a pastor, many of those that I visit build me up and minister to me. And we have some who need lots of encouragement from us. Either way that you look at it, a visit is a win for both. We need more shepherds representing our ministry to our shut-ins. It builds up the body of Christ. Who needs a visit? Jesus was the great shepherd to all, and he was the greatest example of how we as believers are the light in the darkest of times. Who needs to visit? I think we can all figure out that question. We can all do our part. It's never too late to become a voice for the church. It's never too late to invite others into a vital ministry of the church. And the best gift that we can give our elderly is something we have, and that's time. We can all find time for the elderly. Question, who needs a visit? I constantly ask myself that. If I've got some downtime at the church and many of my tasks are taken care of for 
that particular day, I think, who needs a visit? Maybe I need it. I need that visit. So who needs to visit? I do. We all can take care of the flock to be shepherds to the flock here at Lakeview. Well, then, who? All of us. We have so many people in this congregation that visit on a regular basis. I can think of almost 10 people that make visits every week. And I appreciate the time that they give. I can think of several who have gone and they have helped feed them a meal. I can think of several that have taken them in a wheelchair and and walked uh, inside the grounds or maybe throughout the, the nursing home. It does make a difference. It makes a difference. So all of us do. We all have aging parents in the life of this church, but we also have 35 people who are limited in their daily lives and dependent on family and caregivers. How can we incorporate the sanctity of life into our own lives? The cornerstone of living out the fundamental truth is to recognize the value of our own lives and the lives of others. Do you value your life? Do you value what God's given you? Since I've transitioned from education to ministry, I have found that I have had value my entire life. 35 years teaching, 40 years for Sue. Many of you have been teachers also, worked with the public, have had jobs. I hope that you have value what you do. I have such an appreciation for education now. I went through it. It was tough. It was very tough. I had opportunities and opportunities taken away to minister to children for 35 years. Sue also had for 40 years. But I look back after going into ministry, every life, every student that was in my class mattered. And I always use time as an excuse. Knowing who we are is a big part of understanding the sanctity of human life. Do you value your own life as sacred? I do. I have something to give. Do you embrace your worth and significance as one who bears God's likeness? We are in made wonderfully in the image of God. Comprehending this is the first step in embracing the truth of who you are. The second is the way you view others. Do you see others through God's eyes? Do you stop by gazing at their physical appearance or ability, or do you look deeper and try to see the image of God in each life? Hidden heart attitudes of pride, superiority, and contempt prevent us from seeing others with the respect and value they deserve. And finally, 
To live out the sanctity truth requires an action on our part to remind those around us of the value of human life by speaking out for those who cannot speak for themselves from Proverbs 31.8. Look for opportunities to talk about and act upon your pro-life views. Teach your children and your grandchildren to respect all human life and to demonstrate the respect in your own words and in your own actions. Love for life, love for others, must be our motivation. Together, we can live out and communicate the beauty, the wonder, and reverence of our Creator, how He intended for each person in the human family. With God's help, we give true meaning to life for generations to come. As we close out this morning, I want to give recognition again to Lori and all of her participants. Let's give a clap offering for that. We appreciate that. There are also people in our congregation that are part of Embrace Grace. Again, Lori and Janelle and other volunteers that are part of that ministry, we appreciate that so much. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. Pregnancy Help Center. We have several people that are involved in that ministry also. It's making a difference, people. It's making a difference. And we too can find a place. God gave you life. God has breathed life into you. Our prayer is that you will use that life. You know, we look at our own lives. We look back when we were quite young. We had some dependence on our parents. We had dependence on grandparents. We had dependence also on a support system. And as we grow and mature in life, as we go through childhood, as we go into the teen years, as we go into adulthood, when we go into the senior years, our life still matters. What better way than to give back? What better way can we look at ourselves through the eyes of the Lord, through the eyes of others? I pray that you will take the time to look and in your heart that you will take time to find an opportunity that you can come alongside somebody else, that you can step aside from yourself for just a little bit and give to someone else. God has a command. Love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and to love others. We can do that. Would you stand with me this morning? Lord, on this Sunday, we give you thanks. And we know, Lord, that in our lifetime, we're going to have some ups. We're going to have some downs. There's going to be some struggles that we're going to go through. And that's just us personally, Lord. Help us to be strong in the storms of life. Help us that we may truly reach out to others. Lord, 
you said that if we just asked, you would answer. You would give us hope. You would give us an opportunity. You, Lord, you have promised all these things in our lives. And today, Lord, we just ask that you be with each one of us. Help us to search out an opportunity. Where can I give some time to someone that is in need? Where is it that I can give some time to to one of our shut-ins? Where is it that I can be used, Lord? If we know our own hearts, Lord, help us to think of the hearts of others. So, Lord, today we give you thanks. We ask, Lord, that you go before us this first day of the week. Lord, just open our hearts to you. And help us that we may truly, truly make a difference, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of others. So, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity this morning. And, Lord, help us to give life. Help us to give hope to all others. And we pray these things in your precious name. Amen.